Hello to all. You are listening to Bear Tracks and Orlando Solar Bears podcast. When I'm not the play-by-play voice for the Solar Bears, I'm your host with the most, Jesse Liebman. We've officially cleared the one-month hurdle since the ECHL season was canceled on March 14th due to the COVID-19 pandemic, and we're still chugging along. Uh, today we'll be joined by Solar Bears forward Jake Kugler, but before we do, let's catch up on the rest of the hockey world. We're still a few months away before off-season player movement within the ECHL begins, but already there is some movement among the coaching ranks. Uh, the Kansas City Mavericks, a team Orlando beat 7-5 to in a rare interconference meeting back in December, will be announcing their new head coach this week. Uh, after the team relieved John Scott Dixon and replaced him with assistant Cole Schultz on an interim basis down the stretch of the regular season, indications are that it will be someone from outside the Mavericks organization. The ECHL and the Professional Hockey Players Association has partnered with the popular hockey podcast Spit and Chicklets to establish the ECHL COVID-19 Player Relief Fund. A little past a third of the way toward meeting that goal of $750,000 to contribute, visit ECHL.com slash COVID-19 Relief Fund. Today, uh, within the NHL, five players and one staff member of the Ottawa Senators at various points during this have tested positive for COVID-19, but the indications are that all of those players and staff member uh, have recovered uh, from the coronavirus. NHL announced on Tuesday that it had extended its self-quarantining recommendation for an additional 15 days to now what is April 30th uh, for all their players and staff. This is the third time since the NHL season was paused on March 12th, two days before the ECHL canceled its season on March 14th. Uh, Forward Chris Versteeg has hung up his skates after an 11-year NHL career that saw him win the Stanley Cup in 2010 and 2015. Um... I'd be remiss if I didn't take a brief moment to to mention Colby Cave, a a player within the Edmonton Oilers organization who suffered a brain bleed earlier this month, uh, brought about by a colloid cyst, uh, underwent emergency surgery on April 7th, and was placed into a medically induced coma and sadly passed away earlier this week at the age of 25. Uh, Cave never played for the Solar Bears, never played in the ECHL. He split his time between the Oilers and Boston Bruins organizations and their minor league affiliates in Bakersfield, California, and Providence, Rhode Island, respectively. Um, But there are plenty of people that have been impacted by by his death. Uh, My heart goes out to his wife, Emily, his parents, Alan and Jennifer, his younger sister, Taylor. Um, I have, on a personal level, I, I never knew Colby Cave, but... I know plenty of people who did. Um, in particular, Ryan Holt of the Bakersfield Condors, uh, Matt Porter, uh, an old, uh, an old college hockey teammate of mine, uh, and now a Boston Bruins beat writer at the Boston Globe, who got to know Colby pretty well during his time within the Boston organization, and I, I can't even fathom how his family, his friends, teammates, coaches staff members that he worked with from various front offices. I can't even imagine how, how they feel. Uh, this had nothing to do with the coronavirus, um, but it's been far-reaching to see just how how tight-knit that hockey community is. Uh, all indications are that this was a young man who pretty much personified the, the cliche, good kid from the Canadian prairie to a T, was about as close to perfect as possible. We're all human. Nobody is truly perfect, but 
this young man was just about as close as, as humanly possible. Uh, forget the loss of a hockey player. The world lost a, a terrific human being. Uh, I bring it up because for Solar Bears fans, the ECHL team is essentially the spiritual successor of the International Hockey League Orlando Solar Bears. Uh, and the loss of Dan Snyder, who played in the final two years of that organization's existence, who passed away in 2003, also at the age of 25, like Colby Cave, it probably hits a little close to home. Um, it gives you pause. The outpouring of support has been heartwarming, to say the least, uh, throughout the hockey world. His hometown in Saskatchewan, thousands have lined the highway in their cars. They wanted to maintain you know, sensible social distancing, but thousands of cars lined up for miles down the Canadian highway in tribute as the Cave family made their way driving back home. Uh, it, it's a very stark visual, uh, and it only further emphasizes just how, how precious life is and really treat everyone with respect. Be kind, as Colby Cave often was uh, and strive to be just about every day. Uh, the Oilers and the Cave family have created a memorial fund that will support mental health initiatives and providing access to sports for underprivileged children. Uh, and really some heavy news uh, out of the hockey world this week, but it's certainly worth mentioning. Uh, other news uh, with the women's game, the NWHL potentially expanding to Toronto. Uh, the league started back in 2015. Uh, currently, it's a five-team circuit. Uh, teams primarily in the Northeast United States, one team out in Minnesota that was ad admitted as an expansion franchise uh, in the last season or two. Uh, but Toronto potentially making it an even number, six teams uh, potentially uh, established within the next few months uh, for the NWHL. So that'll be an interesting development from the women's side of the game. On the Solar Bears side of things, uh, I published an article earlier this week uh, breaking down some of the 2019-20 season by the numbers. You can head to orlandosolarbearshockey.com to read up on that. And as we continue to add content throughout the offseason, check back there as well as on our social media platforms on facebook.com slash orlandosolarbears, on Twitter at orlandohockey, and on Instagram at solarbearshockey. But without further ado, we'll jump right into that interview with Solar Bears forward Jay Kugler. And we're joined here now on the podcast by Solar Bears forward Jake Kugler. Uh, Jake, uh, unlike many of your fellow teammates, you've actually remained in Orlando here as you uh, continue some off-season rehab. First of all, how are you doing uh, after wrapping up a rookie season in Orlando? Everything's going really well. Obviously, uh, my season got cut a little short and I required surgery, but um you know, I had a lot of help from the organization and the doctors. Everything went really well, and I've got to enjoy a little bit more sunlight than, than the rest of the guys, but I'm going to head home here soon in a bit. So walk us through that. Uh, it's not often that we have players that typically do remain uh, in the city after the season ends. A lot of them go to their off-season homes, whether it be throughout the United States, elsewhere, or in Canada in your case. Um, but as you, you prepare for... Uh, making those preparations to to complete uh, this this rehab from your your postseason surgery, uh, what what is that 
what has that routine been like on a, on a daily basis as you work with uh, the Solar Bears head athletic trainer, Mike Digatano? Um, I think just being structured is the most important part. Obviously, it's, it's a bit of an unorthodox situation with all this corona stuff going on. Um, you know, normally I'd, I'd get up and, um, you know, drive, drive to the rink and, and be in the uh, physical therapy room with Mike and things like that. And, and we were doing that at the start. And, and as this has progressed, um, obviously they shut the, the rink down, so we can't do that anymore. Um, so Mike comes, comes to my house actually around 10 AM every morning and, um, we do a a little workout, a little rehab, and then he comes back around four o'clock to do some, uh, some manual rehab with me as well. So, um, just staying structured like that every day and not getting into a lazy mindset, I think is, is the biggest thing. Well, with the lack of, of some of the amenities that are available to Solar Bears players within the medical room at the RDV Sportsplex, with that being on, on lockdown in the midst of this uh, coronavirus pandemic, how do you guys improvise? Because I'm, I'm curious to, to see how, how you guys innovate and get creative uh, in light of the fact that not all of those, those items might be accessible to you. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, we don't have all the tools, but Mike's done a fantastic job. I mean, he's bought, uh, brought over a massage table and um, bands and towels and, you know, everything that, that we might need at this stage. Um, obviously, you know, we're not back to 100% or anything like that. So it's just little strengthening the little muscles. So, you know, in, in that aspect, all you really need is, is little bands and things like that. And, um, so yeah, it's, I got my own little gym here and and it's really handy and, and Mike's been great so far. Now you're also a guy that, uh, in the off season, you also play a lot of roller hockey. Uh, I know that you're you're a big proponent of that, especially when it comes to the off ice training. Uh, so as you have to, with you having been sidelined, uh, how much of maybe the the off season stick handling or anything like that is that something that you're you're paying attention to, or are you so far off still uh, with that along in your rehab process? Oh yeah, that's going to be huge. Um... Actually, stick handling is already part of my regiment. Um, stick handling on one foot to try and get my stability back in my leg and things like that. Um, I just like to do things like that every day. Obviously, uh, you know, you don't have a nice surface or, or whatnot. Um, you get out in the driveway or um, I actually have like a, an outdoor ball hockey rink near my house. Um, so I, I strap the skates on and, and rip around there for an hour or two, probably twice a week just to, to stay fresh and um, you know, you gotta, you gotta work at your craft. So I'm a firm believer in that. Um, I try and pick up a stick and, and stick handle mostly every day if I can, for sure. Now, aside from, from the physical part of that, uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the mental side of that, especially, uh, in the last decade, that's become a big thing within, uh, the hockey world, the sports community, and really society at large. I think you can, at least within the hockey community, attribute that to, to the Bell Let's Talk movement, uh, that originated up in Canada. Um, but let's talk about the, the mental side of that because rehab itself, it can be a grueling process on you physically, but also mentally as well. And, especially we, we are living in very, it goes without saying, but we live in very uh, bizarre circumstances now with the coronavirus uh, having done what it's done and having had its effect on society where we have social distancing and it can feel pretty isolating at times. So how does that play 
into into your uh, rehab process, and, and how are you attempting to combat that? You know, it's funny. Um, obviously, this this Corona situation is is absolutely crazy, um, but I think in a way that it, it kind of eased the mental process of, of what I'm going through right now um, in, in several ways. I think that, um, you know, obviously the season got cut short and that's terrible. Um, but from my perspective, my season was already over. You know what I mean? And I mean, it's a lot, it's a lot easier for me to, to have the season over than to sit there and, and not be able to join the boys in playoffs and, and have to sit out and watch that. Um, I think that's a tough, that's a tough thing to do. You know, obviously you want to be out there every night and, and battling with your teammates and things like that. But um, with all this going on, you know, nobody's, nobody's battling. So that kind of puts the mind at ease a little bit. Um, and, and same thing with, with just life in general, you know, um, with this surgery, I had to be immobile for a full month, so I wasn't allowed to to move or, or do anything, basically. And, I mean, that's been everybody in the world for the last month as well. So, um, you know, it's not like I'm missing out on anything. So I think those two big factors of, of you know, getting out and, and missing out on um, actually doing things, nobody's doing anything right now as it is. So um, it hasn't been as bad as I expected. And, uh, you know, I've had great support from, from Mike and the staff and um, my girlfriend as well and moved in and helped me out a lot. So um, it's been really good, going really smooth so far. Let's look back at the season as a whole for you. Um, but, but before we actually do that, uh, you, you mentioned being around while the team itself uh, was over the final month of the season, when you got injured in mid-February, final month of the season, uh, you talked about uh, being sidelined with your injury and having to, to watch the rest of your teammates continue to battle through their remaining games down the stretch before the season was ultimately canceled. Uh, last year, uh, forward Trevor Olson sustained a similar season-ending injury uh, in the, the final weeks of the regular season, missed out on the playoffs. How much did you talk to him uh, as you were going through this process uh, for yourself this year? Um, I talked to Oli uh, a little bit about it. Um, obviously, I, um, he gave me some input kind of on, on what my options were. Um, we didn't have the, the same injury, but, um, you know, I had a few options of what routes I wanted to go, and um, he talked to me. Quite a bit about it, honestly. I, I used him as, as some input for sure. Um, yeah, he, he was great. I mean, he expressed, you know, how difficult it was, and, and that's kind of why I just said, you know, my, my mind was kind of put more at ease once I once I heard that the season was going to discontinue. Um, but, yeah, nobody, nobody likes to watch their team, you know, play without them, and you want to be a part of it. You know, you want to be in the room with the guys and things like that. Ole was a great help with – with kind of just putting my mind at ease and, and, you know, giving me that background feedback on, on what my options were and, and which way I should go about it. Let's jump back to the start of the season, Jake. Uh, you started the season in Slovakia for your first season of pro hockey. Uh, and after playing in a handful of games with Trenson, you made your way back to North America, signed with the Solar Bears, as we said, in mid-November. Uh, how long did it take for you, in your mind, to, to get acclimated to your new surroundings here in Florida? 
Um, longer than I hoped, honestly. Um, I didn't have the start that I wanted when I when I came to the team. Um, obviously, I had a little bit of time off between Trenton and, and Orlando. I think I had, you know, three weeks to a month of. I only ended up getting on the ice uh, probably twice a week, twice three times a week. Um, I was practicing with my old prep school team in in my hometown, so um, I wasn't up to game speed right away, and it took me a little bit to get adjusted. Um, but you know, things like that happen. It was a really unorthodox situation and definitely not how I pictured my first year of pro going, but, um, you know, as the season progressed, I got a lot more comfortable and, and the guys really helped me gel in the room and, and things like that. And, um, I ended up having, um, a pretty strong finish and I, I think I was on a good path personally. Um, and I think the team was headed in the right direction as well. So, Things were looking up, and then obviously, unfortunately, I got hurt, and and that's where we're at now. So um, my focus is just to, to rehab the best I can and, and come back a lot stronger and, and be ready for game number one of the season next year. What was it that the your teammates and the coaching staff and Drake Berhowski and Jared Stahl, what did they do collectively to help uh, put your mind at ease as you were going through that transition and, and trying to, to get situated? I think just getting familiar with everyone was a big thing. Um, when I came in, I I knew uh, Cody Donahue. That was the only guy I knew on the team. So um, I think once I just got comfortable with everything, um, you know, I had a few good talks with Drake right from the start. And um, he just expressed, you know, that uh, the team needed some offense. And, you know, I didn't bring that, that aspect Right away, it kind of took me some time to get adjusted, which I wasn't too happy with. But by the end, you know, I had had several talks with Drake and he expressed that he was really happy with my game. And I think that really boosted my confidence. And um, obviously, once you've been there for a while, you kind of start gelling with guys. And, and I think that uh, me, Tristan Langan, Tyler Bird, guys like that, we, we gelled really well. So um, and things started to happen for us. And. Obviously, we, we saw that point in the season where the team started to, to turn its game around and we started to get on a little bit of a hot streak there, and that also brings confidence too. So I think it was just a um, building blocks aspect. You know, once things piled up, then then I started to get comfortable and really find my game. You know, you, you talked a, a little bit about some of your early struggles and you take a look at the game by game and, and it's almost very telling. Uh, your first nine games, one as, uh, or first seven games, it looks like one assist, uh, but then over your final 23 games, you were almost at a point per game pace, 21 points uh, over your final 23 games of the season. Uh, w- was it any particular moment uh, in late November, early December when things finally clicked for you or or was it just a gradual easing into into that that groove that you got into down the stretch yeah I don't think it was it was a specific moment um obviously one point in seven games isn't isn't the type of game that I play and um you know it starts to kind of creep in mentally and you know you always say you know once once I get that first one then the floodgates will open and even my first goal of the year wasn't <laughs> wasn't a beauty I think it it went off my my butt there and, and went in but at that point I'll just take it um but no like I said it, it was just a a bunch of things several things piling up and um I think the big thing for me was um coming into a new environment getting adjusted and then having a slow start then you've got to kind of battle mentally and 
once I kind of started believing in myself more, um, there was one game where, you know, I, I kind of got trying to do too much, you know, trying to get out of this slump and, um, Drake ended up sitting me down for a game. And, um, I think honestly that really helped in the long run was just to kind of reset and, and take a different perspective on what I need to be doing. And, and ever since then, I, I think I kind of started to get on the right track. So, um, I would say it was just, a, a, a several things for sure. Well, as we said, you finished the season pretty strong, 21 points uh, over your final 23 games. And right before your injury, February 15th, though, you and I had kind of talked about this uh, on some other podcast platforms, but that game on February 15th, uh, Military Appreciation Night, you finished the night with two goals, two assists, uh, and the team came back from a 4-2 deficit in the final, literally the final minute of regulation, Michael Brodzinski with two goals to tie it up, Taylor Camerata winning it in overtime. Uh, at, at that point, how how much higher could the team's emotions have been? Oh, that was by far the best game of the year. Honestly, in the, in the locker room, we were saying it was probably one of the best games that any of us have ever played in. Um, I think that was the, the pinnacle of our you know, confident streak, I think. Um, to come back from a game like that, you know, we had been struggling with with coming back and, on teams and losing the lead to teams. You know, we'd had several back-and-forth games during the year, and, and, you know, usually the bounces weren't going our way to, to come back and, and win one. So um, I think that was huge for us just in believing in ourselves. Um finally get that one break that that pushes you over the edge and and to come back in that style I mean obviously that's that's super exciting for for us the fans the staff everything like that so that was a huge a huge game for us um, not only to get the win but just for an emotional aspect as well and uh, I think we were on a really good track after that and then uh, unfortunately I get hurt and and then our season gets canceled so um, that was tough to see, but no, definitely that, that game was huge for us. Beyond that that game, were there any other particular moments during the season that stood out to you, either on the ice or off, away from the rink? Um, honestly, that <laughs> when you brought that up, that was, that was honestly the highlight of the year. Um, no, but I, it was just a combination of things. You know, you, you talk about the mental game and um, – Obviously, going to um, a different country and and starting my pro career like that, you know, I had a tough time adjusting to that, and um, you know, not being able to speak the language and, and little things like that 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 does take a toll on you mentally. Um, you're across the world from your family, and um, to come back and and kind of be in a, a more natural environment per se, um, it was definitely huge for me mentally. Um, can't give enough credit to the guys and the staff here. Everyone welcomed me with open arms and things like that. I, I had a great time with everyone. And um, I just think that that was a highlight for me, just kind of being back in an environment and, and you know, making friendships and things like that. So I think that was a, a huge thing for me. Oh, away from the rink, what, what did you enjoy the most about uh, being here in Orlando? Oh, obviously the sun. I was out of the pool every day. Me and uh, me and Birdman. So, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, 
You know, I, I'd never been to Disney or Universal. I, I got a chance to go to Universal before, uh, before all this crazy pandemic. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, you get out, you get to experience and do things. Um, pros a little different than, than university where, where I came from. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, I love the city. I got out and explored as much as I, I could, uh, with the exception of Disney, you know, top golf, things like that. Just doing, doing things like that with the team. That was a huge highlight. Um, and obviously soaking up the sun, the weather's unparalleled to anywhere else. So, um, took advantage of that. Now, of course, uh, we talked a little bit about Jake with your, your off season, uh, rehab, uh, routine, uh, aside from that, as we said, you're, you're still here in Orlando as you go through that process. How, how do you break up the monotony? What are you doing uh, in, in your downtime uh, these days uh, to to kind of step aside from that? Are you, are you watching a lot of Netflix? Are you uh, taking some at-home cooking classes? What, what, what are you doing to, to stay sane and, uh, and keep things interesting? Um, a lot of video games. Uh, trying to keep, keep sane that way. Um, I'm also still in school, so uh, I just had two courses wrap up, so they, they were taking a little bit of my time, um, but I wrote exams, and, and I'm done those now, so um, just a lot of video games, um, getting online with the guys, you know, talking to different people, and um, like I said before, I have my girlfriend here, and, and also Taylor Thompson's here uh, with me as well as he had surgery also, um, so we've just been and keeping it light, you know, Mike's, Mike stayed a few nights, um, after rehab and we played some games and things like that. Um, we're playing aggravation tonight actually after treatment. So, um, yeah, just, just trying to keep, keep the mind busy, I guess, you know, the days are starting to blend together and, um, you know, making calls home and, and talking to family and friends as much as possible just to, you know, not everyone has a lot to talk about, but just try and uh, get a little variety in your day. I think that's the key. You talked about working towards uh, working towards your university degree. That's a, a bachelor's in uh, business and commerce, if I recall correctly, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. How how forward are you looking to uh, to that? Will Will there be a is the plan to ultimately at some point walk in a graduation ceremony, or or are you just waiting for for the degree to come in the mail, basically? Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to take that one in the mail. Um, yeah, honestly, I, as a, as a hockey player, you make sacrifices like that. You know, I, I never even had a high school graduation as I was going to high school out of town, um, in my, uh, OHL draft year, things like that. You know, I moved away and, and stuff and then, uh, playing junior, in Gatineau, I, I was away from home, so I never even had a high school graduation. So I'm kind of used to it. Um, I'll just take this one in the mail too. So um, yeah, the the plan is just to get it done as quick as possible and and get that piece of paper. So no ceremony for me. Absolutely, and injury notwithstanding, how would you assess your your season as a whole and and as you prepare for for next season? What are you looking forward to the most? Um, kind of just building off the way I ended. Um, obviously, we, we talked earlier on about um, kind of the mental aspect of it. And, and uh, my goal is to just, you know, not get, not get sucked into that mind state again. Um, starting the season off, you know, how I finished. Obviously, 
Um, I might not be back at that pace, but I'm going to work as hard as I can to, to get up to that level um, with my injury. So I think just uh, really starting strong and, and starting the way that I, you know, had planned on this year. And unfortunately it didn't go that way, but, um, and then as a team, just, you know, we had a lot of ups and downs this year. Um, I think just, you know, we did, once we did get over that hump with that game in Norfolk, you said, um, I think that, you know, maybe you obviously we'll have some new guys, new faces, things like that. But, uh, that's really the goal is to just, we got over that hump and let's try and stay over it. You know, if we get those core pieces back, um, I think that shouldn't be an issue. So just really starting the season strong and, um, being excited to play, obviously, um, you know, we're not getting to do what we love and things like that. So I think it'll just be an exciting time to get back on the ice and, and back in the room with the guys. So can't take that for granted either. Outside of the sphere of the ECHL, a lot of the sporting world, especially at the major level, uh, there's a lot of speculation as to when, if if at all, that the NHL season might resume for the 2019-20 schedule. There's been some talks as they've continued to delay the season and, and recommend additional extensions of the uh, stay-at-home ordinance. Uh, I think that the NHL announced yesterday uh, an additional 15 days tacked on to the self-quarantining that they've given to their players and staff. Um, do you think, do you see a potential for the season being salvaged at the NHL level? Uh, if so, when do you, do you think would be the earliest that they would probably start playing again? To be honest, I, I don't really see it continuing. Um, it's a tough, it's a tough situation, obviously. Um, I think, you know, everybody loves the game and everybody loves sports, but at the end of the day, you know, family's most important and, and keeping those people close to you safe, um, not being exposed and, and bringing that home. And at this point right now, and even for the foreseeable future right now, I don't think that, that that's um, something that, that you can do properly. You know, I, I think that um, you, you can't even say that the worst is over. You just don't know with something like this. Um, the numbers just continue to rise every day. And, and right now I don't see a, a chance for the, the season to come back right now. So it's a tough call, obviously. Um, if everyone does their part and, and stays home and we can try and combat this as quick as possible, then then there might be talks. But as of right now, I, I can't can't see the season coming back well hopefully the ECHL season will be able to resume and get underway in in October of this year uh, as it typically does uh, on an annual basis uh, you talked a little bit about some of the core pieces for the solar bears assuming that the coaching staff is able to bring back the majority of those core players what what builds your optimism heading into into the 2020-21 season uh, for the Orlando Solar Bears? There's a lot of character in that dressing room. Um, you know, we've we've got great leaders like Ole and, and Lebs, um, guys like that, you know, even guys who didn't have a letter. That room was really tight. Um, obviously, it was a little bit hectic at the end of the year with the amount of pieces and that were brought in and, and injuries and things like that. But um, Ultimately, I think the team that we had um, getting to that point in the season, um, very tight-knit group. Guys were a lot of fun. Um, I think if we 
like I said before, you know, we, we had those ups and downs and, and we had a lot of team meetings and we talked with each other. We were, we were blunt and honest. And um, I think that, that that goes a long way. And, and if we can get that, that core group of guys back, then, um, you know, those hard conversations have already been had and, and everybody knows what they need to do. And, and I think we can just pick up right away and, and get to work and win some games. The Solar Bears forward, Jake Kugler. Jake, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jess. A big thanks once again to Solar Bears forward, Jake Kugler, for joining us on this week's episode of Bear Tracks. As always, stay up to date and in the know. Visit OrlandoSolarBearsHockey.com for the latest. Also, follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook at Orlando Solar Bears, Twitter at Orlando Hockey, and Instagram at Solar Bears Hockey. Uh, for all of the latest and fresh and funny content that we can provide to you as we try to get through this COVID-19 pandemic. One month in the books since the ECHL season was canceled. 2020-2021, closer than you think, though. And hopefully we'll get through this together and puck will drop in October sooner rather than later. Till next time, this has been Jesse Liebman with the latest episode of Bear Tracks.